0: Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a series of short discussions on various topics related to the Microsoft Cloud Platform. Your hosts, Cale Tita, Evan Vasilik, and Sujit Mello, discuss a specific topic on each show to give you a high-level overview of that topic and resources to get more information should you wish to dig further. For more information on our show, please see our website at azpodcast.com. Well, welcome back to the Azure podcast. Uh, I can't believe this is uh, episode 14, I think. And my name is Sajit DiMello. I am a consultant with Microsoft. uh, And uh, on Skype with me, I have my STEAM colleague, Evan Basilek. Evan?
1: Hey, Sajit. Yeah, my name's Evan Basilek, and I'm a uh, support escalation engineer in Windows, uh, primarily focused on supporting uh, Azure IaaS.
0: Great. So, uh, you know, Evan, we're, we're going to talk about uh, a rather uh, interesting uh, service offered by Windows Azure today, and uh, that is uh, BizTalk Services.
1: Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I mean, I kind of know I've heard of BizTalk and and kind of seen it, but but, what is what is BizTalk Services?
0: Yeah. So, uh, for some of our folks who may know what. BizTalk is in general, or may not know. Let me let me just kind of uh, give you a very high level. So BizTalk in general is, uh, you know, it's an it's it's a very extensible integration platform. Okay, that Microsoft has had for years, and uh, as the name suggests, it allows businesses to talk to each other. Hence the name BizTalk. But over time, that has expanded into a whole bunch of other capabilities, like B2B enterprise application integration, and uh, hybrid scenarios. So, BizTalk has always offered this as an on-premise offering for years, as I mentioned. And now, Microsoft has uh, taken this and put it up in the cloud and offered it up as a service.
1: So, what, I mean, so, okay, so we've moved this from, you know, just like a lot of other stuff, we move it from on-prem and we move it to a service. But, you know, that sounds really cool, but how, am I, how do I know when that's a good thing? to move to? How do I know I want to move from my on premises to a cloud based solution? Like what makes me do that jump?
0: Exactly. That's a good question. So so in order to answer that question, I just want to cover maybe the three rough areas where you would use BizTalk in general and then explain why you would want to do that in the cloud and uh, more specifically. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Uh the first uh and the, I think the original reason why this talk came about was for uh, EDI, or electronic data, uh, data interchange. And what that is, is as uh, a lot of companies have uh, do business with partners, there's a lot of documents that have to flow between uh, the company and the partners, things like water flow, water management, sales information, etc., and that all has to... Uh, be exchanged uh, using very specific protocols. Uh, in this case, as an industry standard uh, schema that's used called the X12 schema, for example. So there is a lot of infrastructure that's involved in connecting to these other partners, the security behind it, which uses certificates, and um, that requires quite a bit of setup if you do that on-premise. Uh, BizTalk does a lot of the plumbing for you, but even so, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, moving parts involved with setting that up on-premise. But anyway, that's the most common use of BizTalk. The second most common use of BizTalk, I would say, is in the enterprise application integration space. And what this is, is uh, if you have some, a mix of on-premise applications, some SaaS applications maybe, and maybe some cloud services, and... It's not unusual to think that all of these have to connect to each other, exchange messages, and each of them were written by different people at different times using different message formats. And it's in order for them to all talk to each other, there has to be something in the middle that's going to sort of uh, uh, act as a bridge. That's going to trans is going to trans. Uh, Transpose, transport the messages and transpose them from one service to another. That means taking a message from one service, or from one part of your system, maybe validating it, you know, churning it around, uh, uh, into another message format and then sending it to the, to its destination. And these kind of transfers happen between various points in your system. So that's uh, another good use case where uh, BizTalk comes into play. It solves this problem of a very complex enterprise application integration. And the third uh, scenario is essentially when you want to build hybrid solutions. I think we kind of touched upon this very briefly when we talked about the service bus. But, you know, if, so, 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 so BizTalk, you know, out of, uh, out of the box, it, it provides you with connectivity to things like SAP, uh, Oracle, SQL Server, PeopleSoft, etc. All these popular uh, CRM and ERP systems, and it allows you to connect with a variety of protocols, you know, HTTP, FTP, Secure FTP, if, Secure FTP, or uh, even REST now. And it, you know, and, and, and you use things like uh, in various Azure, various artifacts like queues and databases to to talk to uh, these uh, these third-party uh, vendors. Now, the thing is, in all these three scenarios, you need a pretty hefty uh, setup. Uh, I mean, the, uh, a typical BizTalk installation can contain many, many servers, including SQL Server and, uh, you know, a lot of disk storage, etc. It, it, the reason for this is because messages that come in and out of BizTalk are all what they call guaranteed messages. They cannot fail at any time. No matter what happens, the message is always, uh, secured. If it's, if it's said, it's accepted, it is, will be secured and the processing will continue when the system comes back on. So that's one of the key points, uh, with, uh, BizTalk. Now having said that, uh, you know, instead of, uh, what Microsoft found out is that companies have this elaborate infrastructure, but, you know, they, It really costs a lot of money to maintain and Microsoft has felt that by offering these in a tenanted facility in Azure, companies can just, you know, set up uh, a a tenant uh, within Azure uh, using the BizTalk services and achieve pretty much the same goals as they did on premise. But now Microsoft does, manages all the infrastructure part of it and leaves specifically the Actual uh, business logic and the you uh, see the partner management to the client. It's, it's a typical so, de- PaaS model, essentially.
1: Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask to you. So that, that sounds really similar to what we've been talking before about PaaS stuff, where you know the the nirvana is to say, I don't care how you deploy it. I don't I don't care what you have to do to get this up and running. I just want the functionality. Don't tell me all the inner plumbing and details. Which is not IaaS. IaaS is all about I don't care about the hardware, but I'm still really intimately involved with my VMs and you know converting out. This this sounds you know sounds very paas like.
0: It is, it is very PaaS-like and you don't have to worry about, you know, the versions of BizTalk, of the operating system, about SQL Server that you're running. These are all, uh, things that you otherwise have to worry about, including the adapter, uh, service that you get with, uh, with this. So, all these moving parts now, you don't have to worry about them. You're focused completely on your business, on establishing the, your connections to your, uh, to your partners and vendors, et cetera.
1: So do um, so a couple questions coming out of that. So the first is do I do I need to jump all the way from BizTalk on premises to BizTalk Services in the cloud, or can I kind of go part way and and do BizTalk in a VM? And then the second question related to that is, do you what do you know about the architecture on BizTalk Services? Do you do you know does that use SQL Azure? Is it? Underlying SQL Server, do you know? And you may not. I was just kind of curious.
0: Yes. So, so, the, so the uh, I'll answer your second question first. So, the, yes, the. the uh, it uses uh, SQL Azure, uh, an instance of SQL for for storing all the messages securely. So that's so the entire so the so the architecture of BizTalk in general is is BizTalk is considered a, a, a message box. Okay, that's the the way it's described. I know in some systems the ESP enterprise service they call it an ESP or enterprise service bus. Yeah, they call it an enterprise service uh, an uh, enterprise message box. Okay. And, and the reason for that is it's a secure place where messages can go in and out of, uh, and those messages can be processed. There are things like orchestrations that can be run when a message comes in. You can define your own workflow. You can define an orchestration that happens, multiple steps that could happen to that message, maybe depositing them with different partners along the way before they finally reach the destination. So all those things, uh, you know, the, require that messages be saved very securely and that and they, we use SQL Azure to save all those messages. So
1: Okay, so it's a it is fully a pa I mean it's a complete PaaS um it, thing all the way down to its own plumbing is PaaS, which is that's that's good for a design perspective for the service itself.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you get the maximum bang for the buck, and I'll come. Uh, I'll talk about the bucks a bit later. Uh, but uh, Evan, just to go back to your first question, and you know, how does a company or an organization migrate from, say, an on-premise version of BizTalk if you already have BizTalk today into the cloud? So there is uh, there's, there's two ways to do this. One is, as you mentioned, is, you know, they can take baby steps and first, you know, move their AirBizTalk installation that they have on-premise into uh, a VM uh, in IS, uh, using IS in in, in, in uh, Windows Azure, okay? Now, as you mentioned earlier, that uh, gives them some benefit in terms of they're not managing the actual hardware that they have uh, and that they use for this particular service, but they still have to, you know, uh, manage the 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 patching, the operating system, the BizTalk uh, software, uh, etc. Uh, and then, if you take it a step further, and you move completely to BizTalk services, now you're completely removed from all those, uh, you know, headaches, uh, so to speak, and uh, you focus completely on the business at hand. And, and and that is, you know, very typical uh, migration pattern we see, right, for all of uh, for all applications that are trying to move to uh, the cloud.
1: What What is the actual do you know anything about the actual, like, moving of my orchestrations or anything? Are, are, they, are they compatible?
0: Yes, absolutely. You can uh, create uh, those uh, ZAML files, uh, which are the orchestrations are defined in, and uh, just uh, you go into the portal and you upload them up there. They're fairly compatible. There is, uh, I'll I'll talk about the development uh, environment a bit later where you can open up your projects, your BizTalk projects in Visual Studio and uh, make sure that they are all uh, wired up correctly. I think there are a couple because although BizTalk services is, contains most of what BizTalk on premise have, I I believe there are a few things which do not, which I do not uh, know right off the top of my head that are not supported in the BizTalk services model yet.
1: Uh, so, it's, so, so it's probably, I was going to say, so it's probably like SQL and SQL database where, you know, 80-90% of it's the same, but you've got to be careful. You can't just drop it in and assume you, it's going to work. Exactly.
0: I think okay. there's a, a like 95% chance that everything's going to work just uh, as it is today. That's but, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, but there's a step to it. But I want to mention another thing, and I actually did a park uh, on this particular uh, scenario. Um, so, so a classic scenario is that you may have a, a, a BizTalk environment in-house for doing some of your core data processing, okay? because obviously you've got applications in-house and you probably need BizTalk to do your enterprise uh, application integration uh, in-house itself. At the same time, you've got a lot of partners and you need to have them connect into your system and exchange through the EDI and whatnot. Uh, from the Internet. So you can actually put part of your Bistalk installation in in BizTalk services in the cloud and then use Service Bus, uh the Windows Azure Service Bus to route to connect back into your internal installation of Bistalk and then continue processing uh, on premise. So this way what happens is that a lot of the uh you know the the um uh the demand the the, uh, the sudden demand that might happen because of a busy uh, uh seasonal sale uh cycle or something like that uh, you can absorb that quickly by ramping up instances uh, in the cloud. By they call them units actually in in, in BizTalk uh, services. You can ramp that up and then ramp that down at specific times. But your on-premise infra- infrastructure can remain fairly static because that is just uh, you know processing the end result of all these messages. A lot of the actual other. Orchestration and data processing that's happening will happen in the cloud, and finally you'll get you know an order number, or an order message back, saying that the order was delivered. So uh, that's another scenario where you can split uh, some of the processing up in the cloud as well as on-premise.
1: That's that's super cool because you know if you if you think about it, we we've, we've talked about this before, right? You know if, if you're doing you know an IaaS farm or, or a SQL database, if you get overcapacitated right where you need more hardware you know you're looking at 6 months out by the time to get it ordered and installed to go up to and and I don't I haven't seen the BizTalk services portal but if it's you know like the PaaS instances for the worker roles and the liberals it's just this little slider yep right and you just slide it over and now you have more more computing capacity which is that's amazing you know in terms of responsiveness to a business spike you can you can go up and down Day
0: by day, if you had to. Yeah, and uh, if you, when you consider that BizTalk and in BizTalk and a typical BizTalk environment is extremely complex to start with, having the facility means even more.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
0: So, uh, I know, uh, a lot of our listeners will be thinking, you know, okay, what's all this going to cost, right? I mean, obviously, uh, there's running stuff in the class, There's always a Good. cost factor. And, um, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll be up front and say this is Perhaps one of our more expensive service offerings that we have, uh, but there's a reason. As I mentioned, you know, BizTalk and itself in itself is extremely complex, the setup and everything. Uh, so there's uh, there's multiple editions that they have. There's a developer edition, and uh, I'm going to talk about the standard edition here. Just to give some pricing uh, uh, kind of uh, information, and all sure. the stuff is on the website. You know, in our pricing calculator on Azure, but. Uh, so it's about $4 per hour for a standard edition unit. Okay, As I said, the business the services are, are counted in units, and you can up the number of units as required. In the standard edition model, you can up it to four units. But per unit, it costs about uh, f- um, $4 uh, an, an hour, which uh, I think works at about $3,000 for the whole month. And while that does sound expensive compared to the other Windows Azure services that we offer, anyone who is actually running the BizTalk environment on premise will tell you that $3,000 is is uh, essentially peanuts, you know, compared to the overall cost of running uh, a BizTalk service uh, on, you know, on premise. So um, that's that kind of gives you the, uh, you know, rough idea about uh, the cost there. And, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, so, you know, so what, you know, so this sounds, I mean, super, super cool, right? Because, you know, the orchestration and managing that and the scale is great. W- you know, what kind of things can I plug into? I mean, we talked about partners, but what kind of data sources can I, or not, it's probably not the right word, um, but, you know, what kind of message sources can I use to to get stuff from Is it databases? Is it, you know, yes, it REST uh, APIs? What, what are my options?
0: Yeah, so they can... Um, th- so it comes with something called the adapter service, which is part of the Pistoke, uh on-premise uh, offering. They make it available in the cloud as well, and that adapter service lets you plug in a whole bunch of there's a suite. I, I want to say hundreds or literally hundreds of adapters that are, are available from Microsoft or are available through third parties that you can uh, that uh, that you have access to. And Microsoft makes available a whole bunch of them. Uh, packaged in in the cloud offering, and uh, the ones that the, uh, the, that I'll mention here are the ones connecting to SQL Server, of course, or an Oracle database. The entire Oracle e-business suite, the SCRM suite, SAP, as you all know, is very popular, and the Siebel uh, applications for CRM. So uh, these are all in there, and they allow them to um, to uh, process uh, these messages to and from um, uh, these particular data sources.
1: So, you know, Sajid, so, G, so that's, a, that's a huge range of, of potential data sources or message sources. Um, what if I don't, like, what if I have a message source or a, a, something I want as my message source, but I don't have a ready made adapter or something? Uh, can I still use that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you'll have to use, uh, like, a standard REST protocol or something like that, you know. In that case, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't have the... You can't just because it's a PaaS model. You can't just upload, you know, your own adapter or something. I think Microsoft over time will add more and more adapters uh, to their offerings. Uh, but if your uh, your partner can can talk to this any of the standards, like I said, X twelve standard is the most popular for EDI, and then for the data exchange, uh, they support REST, HTTP, um, FTP, and FTPS. Uh, any of those, uh, you know, I think most people support today, right? Uh, right. So so that gets
1: me everything in like yes. once it's in into my service how do i what do i use to manipulate it yeah is so it that's, that's or a good question or how do i do that
0: yeah that's a very good question so uh, as i kind of alluded to it earlier is that we use uh, these uh, orchestrations in BizTalk. and um in order to author the artist orchestrations you can use uh, visual studio so visual studio comes with a special project type now for BizTalk services and you can open that up and you can create your 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 uh, workflows uh you can hook them up to specific uh you know uh, adapters uh do the message transformation between one adapter and another all this is based on schemas and xml formats or edi formats whatever the the format is that you're dealing with uh and then you it through, through the workflow and through the uh, orchestration you can run through multiple steps these orchestrations could last you know minutes days uh months sometimes um, and uh you know, eventually something comes out on the other end. It's a completed task, you know, eventually. Uh, So so that's how you would, uh, you know, uh, you would use this Visual Studio uh, project to set it up and create your file and then use what is called as the BizTalk Service Portal, which is kind of a special website to manage all your BizTalk uh, artifacts in BizTalk Services. Uh, and there you can go in and manage all your B2B operations you know define your partners uh certificates as i mentioned earlier for security etc and you can do a lot of the tracing stuff that I'm sure you'll be uh, interested in. Evan, you know, all the diagnostic stuff is all there. All the, you know, it shows you all the details of your exceptions, etc., where things have gone wrong. Um, and you can also upload all your artifacts now, so you can upload your own set of uh, schemas, transforms, assemblies, etc., and bring them bring them up uh, from, Windows, from Visual Studio into uh, BizTalk Services. So. so
1: it's- it's a full. I mean, it's basically a programming language almost in and of itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're basically using C sharp, you know, kind of .dot net uh, code mm-hmm. to to do some of the the more high level stuff, and uh, I mean low level stuff, and uh, and then high level stuff is done by uh, using the Zoml, uh, uh constructs, uh, cool. uh, essentially doing workflow, business rules, etc.
1: Neat, neat. So, um, so when is this GA?
0: So I believe it's G8 already, uh, 11 3, I believe. Okay. Uh, so, which is good. I uh, you know, there's a link in the show notes about that. So I'm sure, uh, folks can take a look at that. Um, and, uh, I think we're coming to the end of our, uh, show today. Uh, right, Evan? Is there anything yeah, else you no, want to talk about yeah, on the nice. stock services?
1: No, that was, that was great, Sujita. Like I was telling you before we started, I, I actually am not very familiar with this. Uh, and so it was actually, I now understand why it works as a cloud service, right? I didn't truly understand that ahead of time.
0: Cool. So, very uh, good. thank you but, very much. Yes. And, uh, thanks for, I know you put uh, some links and some extra links in the uh, show notes. I'll just uh, run, run through them uh, real quick. Uh, one really exciting one. I hope uh, folks can, uh, that are, you know, interested in Windows Azure in general, uh, especially the development and infrastructure community. Um, there is a five-day course online on, on Windows Azure starting uh, next week, uh, all of next week, actually. And this is being given by some very, very big names uh, in, uh, in Microsoft. You know, uh, Scott Guthrie, Scott Hanselman, uh, you know, uh, what are some of the other names that we looked at earlier? Um,
1: I just draw a complete blank now. Scott Hunter is going to be there Hunter, as well. Uh, that's yeah. right. Cheryl
0: McGuire. Yep. Uh, Miranda Luna, etc. They're going to cover topics like mobile, mobile apps, uh, Windows Azure, IaaS, the, the modern web applications, applications for Windows Azure, jumpstart, and getting started with Windows Azure. So you know, this is really cool stuff, and I encourage everybody. Uh, it's unbelievable. There's 1.6 million people registered for this, cor- for this, for this course. <laughs> wow, <laughs>
1: that is definitely what? Do, what do they call it? The um- massive <laughs> massive online courses or something? something That's pretty massive at that point <laughs> I wonder if they give grades <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder
0: but uh definitely uh, encourage your listeners to you know spend some time next week uh, and uh take a look at that and uh, and then something else you know if you if you're looking for some nice uh, colorful pictures you know that you know i say pictures tell a thousand words, and indeed, there are some pictures that, what well, they call them, the infographics, uh, Azure infographics. These are nice posters that indicate, that uh, that kind of give you a good overview of the various use cases for using Windows Azure. So, there's a link to that, and there's some PDF files, very high-resolution re- high PDF files available to you, which you can print, uh, you know, on large print color paper, hang them in your office, or... Uh, or just uh, use uh, bits of them in, you know, in in PowerPoint presentations, something if you so desire. So please take a look at that, and uh, hopefully that'll benefit our listeners. Well, uh, I think that's a wrap. Uh, Evan, uh, yep. thank you very no, much for great. joining me today and asking all those great questions. We'll uh, see you guys next week. See you, folks. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any comments or questions, please use our Twitter handle at Azure Podcasts. Background music has been taken from ccmixter.org under the Creative Commons license. Thank you,
1: and see you next time.